if I then see people with the potential to be back in the family of God, it's going to change how I treat them and love For them. Sure. Instead of just being like ready to go to blows all the time, but to say, okay, hey, you know what? I see things with a godly perspective. How do I love them and serve them? All right, episode two, Pulpits of Podcast. We're here. Yeah, I'm Bo Steele. This is Pastor Jeff. Hey. Yeah, and we're here. Or as I said, howdy, howdy. on Sunday morning. I don't know if I've ever used howdy in my life, but <laughs> I did. I said, You're I'm just living I... into that stereotype. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. so. I need to get a horse and like a little piece of straw or something, just carry all the stereotypes of being a Texan. Which stereotype is true for you? Uh, Besides the barbecue, of course. Yeah, uh, I would say the stereotype that like everyone wears boots in Texas. Not everyone wears boots, but I, mean, I get you're wearing boots now. Aren't I mean, you? I am, but <laughs> but there's a little bit of truth to that. I, most people in Texas have a pair of boots, but they're not yeah. wearing them all the time. Yeah. Uh, but what's really interesting, man, is the people that have boots, and it, they just look like cowboy boots. But then you realize they spent four thousand dollars on like a type of leather that you've never heard of. <laughs> Like for instance, four grand on yeah, boots. Yeah, there's like elephant skin boots. I don't know if like Peta's watching this. Don't get Whoa. mad at us, whatever. There's like elephant skin. There's like shark skin. There's like there's like a fish called pecana, I think, and it's this really neat design. And you can like wow. you can go in a boot shop. Yeah, and mine are like extremely cheap on the end of boots, but you can get some yeah. people that literally. There was a buddy of mine that was in wow. Odessa that he handmade leather goods for a living, and he like. He would have boot orders out like a year in advance, and he had these like exotic style leathers. And I would say, "Hey, how much? How much is that person paying for that pair of boots?" And he's like, "That one's like three to four thousand dollar pair of boots." Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, there are some three to four thousand dollars. Yeah, man. And the cowboy hats are like super expensive too, right? So that's a whole. That's a whole area. I have no idea, but yeah, you're right. But there is. There's like some really expensive cowboy hats. But the boots, man. Like you, and you can go into a boot shop in Texas and spend seven hundred, eight hundred bucks on a pair of boots, and it's like no big deal because that's (laughs) and and those things. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Where and I, people give me a hard time when I'm yeah. saying I, I want to spend like $400 on a cymbal for my drum set. Yeah, it's just, everyone's got their toys and yeah. their prices what they want. So yeah, yeah so Dang. yeah, me, I know. Mine are like the Walmart specials, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I got them at a boot store, but they're, yeah, they're not on for that sure. scale. The, so. the bargain bin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, it's fun. So howdy. We're glad you guys are with us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking, uh, well, last week we talked about Nehemiah, mm-hmm. so if you didn't catch that, get on, we're on Spotify, YouTube right now. Yeah, YouTube, Spotify, um, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, yeah. and we're working out the kinks with Apple Podcasts right yeah, now. Yeah, so there's a lot of places to find this. Yeah. So we talked last week, a lot of stuff about Nehemiah, Nehemiah 1, and so we just kind of thought, let's just maybe... Yeah. Use that as a let's talk Nehemiah two, and if we get to talking about anything else that we need to talk about, let's just let's just sure. tease it out, and that's kind of what this whole thing is like. Yeah, let's talk about things that we didn't get to cover in the the, the Sunday pulpit, yeah. so to speak. That to might, podcast, yeah, pulpit to podcast. Ooh. That's the name. So, anyways, yeah, Nehemiah chapter two. So. Where did it For land sure. with you? You know, you're, you're in a unique position. You're on staff, yeah. but you're also listening as somebody who's in the congregation, the crowd. For so sure. What What is something for you as you're listening? You're have you're trying to like you're trying to take this old story and you're trying yeah. to like apply it to your life. And that's what my job is. I'm yeah. trying to like, hey, here's the biblical truth. Of what was going on? But there's we can't just leave it there. It's just some yeah. piece of history. 
it, it the, the word of God is living and active yeah. and breathing. So it, it applies today. So you're sitting here listening. For sure. Maybe it wasn't even something I said. Maybe it was just as you're going through the text. Yeah. What what for you, man? Well, you know, and that's one thing I really appreciate about the the way that you bring in the sermons is there there is practical application. Even if it's not stuff that you're directly saying. Sure. I feel like yeah, I'm just very practical in the way that I, I think through things. Yeah. And so I, I love the practical application of things. But yeah. what stood out to me was, um, I mean, kind of like two parts of the sermon. Because sure. there was, if, if you haven't listened to it yet, there was some like different sections. and <laughs> Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of sections. Like, yeah. This is not the main sermon, but here's like 12 sermons in a sermon. Yeah, But it all kind of came together sure. too. Um, and so one of the sections was on how Nehemiah was serving someone who he kind of had an issue with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, like his his people did not like. Uh, the, was it Artaxerxes? Yeah, was it, yeah, Artaxerxes. King Artaxerxes yeah. over the Persian Empire for yeah. sure. And so Nehemiah was serving Artaxerxes, even though his his people were um, totally like just not treated well mm-hmm. by. I mean, to put it lightly. Um, by yeah. the, the Persian Empire. Um, and kind of coupling that with the talk about community and the need for mm-hmm. community. Yeah, And so, like, I mean, that's just kind of what stood out to me, the, those two things separately but also together in that how, like, how can you do community, how, how can you do disagreement well within community? Yeah, that's a great question. You talk about how do we do disagreement well. I feel like we could even just talk about that for 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. I, because somewhere along the line, let's just talk about that just for a moment. Cause I, let's talk about disagreeing. Well, somewhere along the line, we have lost the art of disagreeing and being able to hold conversation and not fly off the hook. Yeah. I don't know if like social media has pushed that or if there's been a type of mind style that has pushed that, but I just feel like there was a certain place in time, not only in our history as a people and a nation, but around the world where you were able to like have these conversations about things that you disagreed about. But at the end of the day, you still saw them as a human and for sure be kind and civil. Have you ever um, seen the docuseries on Netflix called The Social Dilemma? I think that's what it was called. No, I haven't actually. Yeah. So that it, it actually kind of points to um, Facebook and not just Facebook, hmm. but the when Facebook started doing ads and when it's the, the rise of advertising on Facebook kind of coincides with the rise of, of pitting two sides against each other hmm. and, and how that's just gotten worse over time. Man. Um, because, I mean, not to go into all the details of that, sure. but um, basically like Facebook's whole goal is to to keep you online more. And what they discovered is if you're angry about something, you're going to stay online more and, (laughs) and and let's make money through people's anger. That's literally what's happening. I mean, that's, and that's happened like over decades with with the news and the media, um, fear and anger sell. Keep keep people's anxiety level high and we can make a lot of money off that. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, it makes sense. I mean, people don't make money off of like happy people. It's like, hey, how can we get you staying on this thing, putting your comments and posts and angry and 
visceral. And they might not admit it because they talk about like, oh, no, we try to get people involved in groups and and building good community on Facebook. But it's I mean, that might be the side, but a big portion of it is just like our podcast is going to get canceled now because everyone's like, shut them down. They're they're talking about us. They know the hidden secrets. It makes me think of this like video I saw where like two dogs on like the other side of it. There's like a there's like a gate and two dogs. And then they pull the gate away and they're just like docile like they don't know what to do themselves and then they put the gate back and they're just back at it and i feel like that's in some ways like us like we across the board so to speak so here's the screen i'm i'm either scrolling my thumb or online yeah yeah and i see the thing and i and i just let loose like you and then that person sees it and it's x y and z and it's just this visceral back and forth but if you were to put the two people together yeah i think people would like uh well uh, yeah, I disagree, but it's okay. For sure. Because people don't know how to engage in like face-to-face. Yeah. I mean, you think about like, I'm, I'm, I'm opening up here a little bit. Like I, I rarely like talking on the phone. I, mm. So my one or two ways is like, I like to either text or be in person. Yeah. So texting to me is like just a quick, just send something to you. But I don't want to have a big old drawn out conversation because I can't see your emotions. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I hate talking on the phone. I don't know why. I just I don't know if that's a millennial thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like I hate talking on the phone. Like even if it's like the queen. Or I, I mean, I'm a millennial, but yeah. I prefer talking on the phone Do over you text really? personally. Yeah. What? No. I mean, that's why. I mean, my wife and I, Mackenzie, we met online, and I like. Instead of trying to get to know her over text in the app or whatever, I was just like, hey, let's let's meet up. Like, I know you don't know me. I'd rather meet, meet up. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because I I hate trying to guess people's intentions of text. Sure, sure. It's just, yeah. Well, even a great comment online looks like you could read it wrong. You yeah, could take totally. that as. And that person's over there like. I did it, da, 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 da. and then you take in like, oh. and so just back to that idea. For like, sure, I think, I think one of the things that if we were to, and I've been thinking about this, thinking about Nehemiah, thinking about how he saw the king, because we talked. And let me back up just a moment. So there's nothing overt when you read Nehemiah that says that Nehemiah did not like the king. So I want to be clear there. There's just an implication of different books of the Bible you've read in regards to the Jewish people in the Persian empire. So yeah. even when you're in Esther and you read about what happens with King Azaharis, or they call him King Xerxes, depending on where you're, what translation okay. you read, there, it's like, it's some jacked up stuff that the Persian empire does to the Jewish people. Even in the book of Esther, uh, Haman is the guy that's like, we're going to wipe out the Jews because Mordecai looked at me wrong. He didn't bow down. So mm-hmm. the king's like, sure, whatever. Like, I'll, write the, I'll write the ticket. Whoever you're killing, just leave me alone. And then it isn't until... Later, that the king's like, oh, Mordecai's the guy that saved my life. Let's throw a party for him. This guy's awesome. Haman comes in, and he's like, and so the queen, Queen Esther's like, hey, just by the way, that's the guy that tried to kill all the people. That kind of includes me. And so the king's like, get that guy. I'm going to put him on a big pole and spear him. So you have this like crazy king that's just sort of seems flip-floppy, and in one moment will write an edict to like annihilate the Jews, and then also is the guy that steals all the beautiful young virgins. That includes Hebrews and their own people to be part mm. of this harem. It's just craziness. Wow. So you get to King Artaxerxes and you just, it's kind of implied you have a Jew serving the king. Now, again, yeah. I always like asking questions. How did Nehemiah get to that kind of position? Right? Cause there's, yeah. 
again, you are taking the hit for the king. So at some point you are kind of low on the totem pole, but at the same time you were intimately involved with the king's details. So how'd you get that position? But the number two, how did you view the king? And there's got to be some sense that he actually served the king. Because he says, I I lost my spot, but in Nehemiah chapter two, it starts off and he's like, I'm going to get there, Nehemiah Esther. So he... He's like, I'm a cupbearer to the king. Is in the month, uh, in the month of Nisan, twentieth year. Wine was there. I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I hadn't been sad in his presence. And king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you're sick? And he said, This is nothing but sadness of heart. And then he said, I was very much afraid. And he says to the king, Let the king live forever. So that's sort of like a. I don't know that like Nehemiah just really in his heart said, let the king live forever. It was more of like a statement you would say to a king in an opening yeah, uh, phrase. Yeah. But at the same time, there is still a sense that Nehemiah served this king. And I don't, we don't know how long he served the king. Yeah. But tells me you're serving under an administration that you probably would wish was different otherwise. Like, I, I bet Nehemiah wishes, yeah. I wish this was a Jewish king. I would love to serve a Jewish king. For sure. But I'm having to serve Artaxerxes, but he still serves him. And I think there's something to be said of us Christians in our day and age of learning. So kind of going back to what you said, yeah, learning how to disagree well and still have civility to be able to, hey, like, I disagree with you. And we also have to understand what things we're disagreeing on. Um, Yeah. But to be able to disagree but at the same time, be able to still serve people that we absolutely disagree with and to still see them yeah. as image bearers, right? I mean, to see For them, sure. like this whole phrase, I, I can't remember how it goes, but uh, we have this written on a prayer on this thing in our house. And I think the prayer says, Lord, help me see people the way you do. Yeah, And um, that's really hard to do because it's really easy to like sit here with Bo Steele. Like, I like you. You're one of my good friends. Uh, to sit with someone in our congregation that loves yeah. Jesus and and we line up politically or whatever the thing is, but to to say if I were in another situation, my boss is ardently on this side of things. He's very vocal about it. He's also my boss, but he wants to have dialogue with me. How do I do that well? And I think it first takes a person seeing that person is not the enemy. Yeah. Right? Like, yep. okay, they're not the enemy. They have views that are different from me, but they're not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. Satan is the enemy. His fallen angels sure. and d- the demonic realm is the enemy. So then I've got to see that person. Um, I, I actually I've, I found this quote every, to see every person as an estranged family member mm. of, of God. And that's this guy named Michael Geisler. And yeah. so I, I love the way that that's written because if I then see people, with the potential to be back in the family of God, it's going to change how I treat them and love For them. Sure. Instead of just being like ready to go to blows all the time, but to say, okay, hey, you know what? I see things with a godly perspective. How do I love them and serve them? Doesn't yeah. mean I crumple and cave to their, like I don't I don't have a yellow belly or whatever the phrase is and like, okay, well, yeah, I can see that. You're sure. Yeah. But to actually have conviction, but at the same time, love them and serve them. Yeah, because there there has to be a place to have conversation about disagreement, mm-hmm. but still showing the love of Christ in the midst of it. Yeah. that Like that that exists. And like you were saying earlier, we as a culture have lost that. Yeah. And I think for me, it doesn't work with all issues, obviously, sure. but with, with some issues that I think there can be 
good God-fearing people on either side of, um, that I have to do the work to see, okay, how, I know that your, your opinion on this ultimately is because you believe that this, that, that, that we're going for the same outcome here. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're going for the good of whatever the situation is, yeah. but you see a vastly different way of achieving that good. Yeah. And I, I have to remind myself of that in the midst of the discussion or, or the argument or whatever. But, and again, obviously it doesn't work for all situations, but. And, and even, so I, would, I, might, I might even add this caveat, even as you're doing life with someone that not only has a different viewpoint than you, but is then even trying to achieve a different outcome than you are. Yeah. Cause that there, cause you could see it like, okay, yeah, we're, we're trying to achieve the same thing. You're just wanting to go out this way and I'm going this way. Then there's a conversation of how we do life with people and how we're a witness to people that are literally like, no matter what you say, their outcome and goal is that. And it is radically different than yours. For sure. It goes back yeah. to how we are. And so this is when you get into the gospels and you start seeing, well, and Paul talking about walking with the Spirit. I, I can't do these things well unless I have the Spirit of God dwelling yeah. in me, and I'm walking in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, biblically immersed, knowing what the Word of God says, Yeah. because that is by which the only lens I'll be able to see people with that. If I'm just coming at it to say, well, I want to figure out how to have good conversations. Well, at the end of the day, you're just trying to be nice. You're just yeah. trying to be... You're just trying to be civil, but I think that we have a greater goal than just being civil. We have a goal to reach people for Jesus Christ. Yeah. We have a goal to disciple and to make to make disciples in all nations, baptize them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything Jesus commanded them to do. Uh, and so there's this there's a greater goal for us, but it doesn't mean that we stop loving them when we get to a roadblock. Because um, I found this quote, and I'm going to butcher it on the podcast. It's not sitting around for me. In fact, I might actually have it. Let's see if I. Yeah. Uh, oh sweet. Yeah. Love is. I love the C.S. Lewis quote. Yeah. Love is never wasted, for its value does not rest upon reciprocity. Meaning that, like, if if I don't receive love, okay, so I show love. Yeah. And let's say the other party doesn't reciprocate yeah. that. Reciprocate it. It's still not wasted. For in it, I'm still showing the love of God, even towards somebody that will hate me, despise me. You see that in the book of Acts, these guys getting thrown in jail, they're getting destroyed, Stephen getting stoned, and and, and they're they're looking to Jesus and going even back to what Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, Jesus exemplified that quote, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about community too. Tease that out a little bit, what kind of your thoughts were, because we got this aspect of like disagreeing yeah. well and, but talk about the community part that you're thinking through. Yeah. I just feel like, um, I mean, I, I don't currently have a personal like example of this, sure. um, but I know that they're. And I'm, I'm thinking if, if there is maybe something that I'm. One that just like pops up, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just like like people who are in your community, um, either just like a, a good friend or a someone like if you're in a community group that you just disagree with on something. Like how can you still be in community and still like work through that so that you can be in that community and, and push each other towards Jesus? Yeah. 
So we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started, and yeah. we were talking about because because later in Nehemiah, I'm just kind of jumping up a little bit. He goes and he says he goes at nighttime. He says no one knew what he was doing. So basically, he gets the go ahead from the king. Go, yeah. here's some letters. I'm stamping it. Take these. I'm going to send to the governors. They're going to make sure you get through and you have everything you need to get this job done. So Nehemiah shows up. And he's at nighttime. We don't know how long he was in Jerusalem before this happened. If he's hanging out with a few friends, having food, spending a night, whatever. It could have been the first day. We just don't know. But somewhere, somehow, he gets a few guys and he goes to inspect the gates. And one of the things I just is sort of an implication, at least in my mind that I'm thinking through, is there is a huge piece of having community around me that we're towards the same goal, like-minded, but at the same time, we're not my yes-men. Yeah. They're people that can truly kind of toe the line, sort of say, hey, man, Jeff, I need to, I need to talk to you. So we talked about there's that piece of community yeah. that we need because we can't just Lone Ranger gun this Christianity thing. For we sure. need people around us to go, hey, dude, like, can I, can I speak into you a little bit or however the word is. Just. Yeah. And then there's sort of this like, Having people in your life that you are intentional about getting to know, knowing they are on the opposite sides of things. Yeah. How do you engage that group? And then it sounds like what you're saying is even there's maybe even kind of a third piece where like, okay, you're being intentional about being a small group, but that small group maybe not be your close associates. So what do you do if you have somebody in your group? that disagrees. Yeah. Is that kind of where you're like thinking through with that? Yeah. Th thinking through that. And even, uh, I guess in another example, it would be like, um, an older friend of mine, like someone that I was really close with. And now like there's some obvious disagreements sure. and how to like, just how to navigate that because I, I still like love this friend mm -hmm. and I, like I miss that relationship, sure. But it it's hard for me knowing that there's these big things that we disagree on. Sure, it's hard for me to know how to engage. Yeah. So I'm not perfect, and I've had yeah. relationships deeply wounded because of major disagreements. I still think there comes back to a piece. Number one, that we'd be humble enough to say we're wrong when we're wrong. And I'm I'm a knucklehead as well. I have been the guy that's like I'm not wrong, yeah. and then later go, okay, I, there's an issue I could have. So part of me is that there's a piece to us that we're always humble, to literally yeah. always think, okay, is there something I'm not seeing? Um, I'm trying to think about this idea and this quote, and I'm going to get it wrong, but that in regards to like conversation or disagreement. I should be able to, if you give a point, I should be able to almost verbatim say back to you what you were trying to say in order yeah. for me to fully understand and know where you're coming from. Yeah. Because I think there's another piece to this. We are so, like, we're so quick and ready to already be ready what we want to say when someone's giving their side of the coin. For sure. And we're not even listening, which is another piece to this being able to disagree well is that... Yeah we've lost the art of listening well of there was this, Oh man. Yeah. So some great people I've done life with. I think about 
this gentleman that uh, was in Albany, Texas, and everyone okay. called him Pop Art, and he was Pop a, Art. Pop Art. His name was Art Vertel, and nice. he's like the town patriarch, and gentle and loving. Yeah. Um, he was when I met him, he was in his nineties, hmm. and Pop Art had this. That's what all the grandkids called him. Yeah. Anyone in town called him Pop Art. That's great. And he had this amazing ability to just listen to you. Hmm. And and very slow to speak, gentle in his response, yeah. and a great listener. And he processed and he thought, and he was not a man of many words. Yeah. Which is something that I struggle with because I am a man of many words. I feel like I'm talking all the time. So I need to also learn as part of my skill set, my character, I need to shut it down in order to let the other because if not, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to win the argument. Yeah. I'm trying to beat him to the punch. I'm trying to get the thing. I'm trying to get the argument. I'm trying to say the thing. I want to out-talk you. This is what happens yeah. even in like marriages. Like I'm going to talk, 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 try to get my point across. And then my spouse is going, you, you, you're like trying to just word win. For sure. I think we do yeah. that in conversations. We're mm-hmm. so ready to have the thing we want to say. We haven't even listened to the other person. Yeah. So I think that there's something as I'm thinking about pop art. Yeah. The ability to listen and keep the, the temper, you know, the temperature of the conversation low instead of getting yeah. heated. And well, then there's the, humility on that. The way you describe him reminds me of how um, John Mark Comer, he's a, a pastor, speaker guy that I listen to a lot of. He talks about um, people who are just like a calming presence. Yeah. And I, I think he uses another term, but um, just someone who's just a, a calming presence and not just like calming in like the way the world might talk about that, sure. but someone who has truly like been with like experienced the peace of the Lord and yeah. experienced um, just what it is to, to sit in the presence of God. And they, they are just calming because they know that like, it's not in their hands and mm. that they, they can just sit and listen and just be not get yeah. rattled. Yeah. Well, you think about in the fruit of the spirit, peace and gentleness are in these God directed fruits that I should be bearing as a Christ follower. Yeah. So if I'm flying off the hook and always ready and I'm angry and I get temper, like I'm speaking to myself, like yeah. <laughs> I know my sin. And so when I realize, okay, there's very few things that should really rattle me and how I approach people with gentleness, I might actually, I might actually win by losing. I know that's a weird thing to think about, but to, not losing in my conviction, but to, but instead of just ready to go toe to toe, just to, just to say, yeah, I'd love to have a conversation. I'd love to listen to you and where you come from. Yeah. And we may disagree so there is something I agree with that. Like you've, I've met some people that when I'm around them, they can say very few words, yeah. but there's something that they have spent time with the Lord in His presence that I, as a person, go, I just, I just want to hang around you a little yeah. bit. Like, and, and the few things you're going to say, they're, they're like deep truths, yeah. right? And that's a challenge for me because I feel like I'm just talking all the time. Yeah. And I think that can get us in trouble a lot of times in yeah. our conversations. The, the only people I'm aware of, like in my life, who are that way, who I would describe as like a calming presence, are probably like 70 or above. Because it takes, <laughs> yeah. it takes so long. 
Yeah. Because of, of the world that we live in and sanctification. It, yeah. Man. It just, it's a process. Yeah. It truly is a process. So Nehemiah serves this king. He does what he does well. He brings the food, make sure it's not poisoned day in, day out, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The snacky snacks, yeah. wherever it's the, where, not two o'clock in the morning, King's like, I need a whatchamacallit and a Reese's. Okay, I want to make sure it's not poison. Yeah. And he serves the king. And I believe that there's something powerful in that that is a witness to people to see they're the real deal. Yeah. They are the real deal. So when they speak, I want to listen. And it might mean that those of us who are ready to be combative and uh, that the world is just turned off to what we have to say. So yeah. it goes back to how we disagree well, how we listen well, how we're gentle, sure. all that. Yeah, well, I, yeah, like I said before, I really appreciate just bringing it to the practicality. Sure. How we can, like you're saying, how we can listen more, how we can just be in conversation with people that might frustrate us sometimes. Right. But we can just, yeah, just work on listening and understanding. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's really practical. Well, it's been a good podcast. I love sitting yeah. here doing this. Even if there's like six people watching us, maybe this helped the six sitting yeah. there listening. So again, I want to tell you guys in the comments, uh, if there's stuff you want us to talk about, fill up the comments. Say, hey, we want to we want to hear more about this. Me and Bo have enjoyed talking with each other yeah. and diving in a little bit deeper. And um, we're just going to continue putting this out. And um, we're going to have it available on Tuesdays. Is that right? Or yep, on Tuesdays. Coming yeah. out on Tuesdays. So glad you guys are with us, man. Hope you guys yeah. have a great week. Let us know in the comments section what you want to hear. And uh, hope yeah. you're blessed. Have a great day. See ya.